Hello and welcome to Arcade Couch, the best place to join your friends to get your gaming goodness each and every Monday. My name's Dylan Blight. Joining me on the couch this week, Ashley Hobley. Hey Dylan, excited to be here on a podcast that won't have much impact on everybody's lives going forward. And Kieran Marchant. Before we get too deep into this podcast, can we do... Can we do our listeners a favor? If the content of this podcast could be placed within some kind of graphic and just posted on social media, can we do that? I don't think we can put the whole. No, I don't think you. No, I think our opinions are much more. uh, Oh, so we're going to have actual content that's worth listening to and not Hmm. just a 20 minute media garbage fest. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. That's what you get every single week yep. on RK Couch. <laughs> <laughs> and even this week, especially between the cushions. Check that out as it goes live later today. <laughs> I like how you like you talk about you're like, man, that between the cushions episode was fucking random as fuck. But I'm like, what is that show? Like, what what is the show? It's like whatever the fuck we want to talk about. Like it's if fucking if me and Ash want to talk about politics, then we're talking about politics. <laughs> fuck you, Kieran. <laughs> I mean, in hindsight, at the end of it, it m- went in a certain direction, didn't it? <laughs> From where yeah, it started. Exactly, right? Frosty Fruits? Yeah, we went all over the place. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it really does. Anyway, went on journey. Uh, this week on the show, the Dice Awards, I've finished Banishers, Woo! started playing the Tomb Raider collection, and we'll talk about the thing that Karen's just hinting at, of course, the big bad Xbox <laughs> news of the week. Uh, start Banishers, finished it. 35 Yeah. Hours, I think it was, around that. Um, Again, my fault. Like, I just want to talk through something with this with this game quickly. Mm-hmm. As Ash pointed out the, uh, the other day, I think it was when we were streaming Baldur's Gate. Yes, there was a review guide. Yes, it did say it would take like 12 to 20 hours. No, I never read it. I mistakenly assumed the game wouldn't be as long. Not, uh, And I keep talking about the length <laughs> of the game like it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just my time management to get this game finished for Embargo, which was early in the week. Not a thing. Didn't happen, right? was a uh, completely failed. Oh no, moved on. However, the benefit of at some stage, like a day or two past the embargo where I just accepted. You weren't going to hit it. <laughs> I've not made embargo or even close to embargo is I was like, well, I'm definitely just like going to do the game the way I want to do the game now, which is I wanted to do all the. Uh, you want to uh, do everything. <laughs> well, I didn't do everything, but I wanted to do all the, the side quests, the, the side quests, substance, the, the narrative, the, the, the hauntings, right? That's what they yeah. call the, the side stuff in this so for people who don't know about this game because i definitely feel like this is a the first what i would say i want to say must play but like must play new like if you're looking for something new and you're like ah fucking sequels i'm sick of everything like if this is the sort of game it's the most interesting new ip of the year so far yeah it's definitely one of the most interesting new ips i think i've had in a while Uh, look I'll, i'll hit you with the highs to get get you in I, by the time I finished this game, I was like, I actually think the two main characters in this game, their story, um, their voice acting, um, and I cannot pr- pronounce, anyway, Red is his first name. They've got like 1,600 names. Uh, and Taya and Red, right? They're, I think they are probably two of the best written, best performed ca- uh, characters that I've played in anything for a few years. I would also probably say the best or at least one of the best romances i've ever played in a video game ever full stop so Bold. i just want to like set out set the the highs at the top of that because the story for this game if people don't know what it is it's from don't nod of course life is strange vampire 
um, remember me, whatever else. Um, you play at the start. They are arriving in America. They're heading towards New Eden Town. And I love all the little things like for the 1600s where instead of it just being, they're like, we're going to New Eden. It's we're heading to New Eden Town. Like they got to add the town to the, like they, they did back then for some weird reason. Mm. Um, so they're, they're coming across from England. They're banishers. Uh, banishers are people who, you know, they people say, we're being haunted by a ghost. They go figure out who the ghost is, figure out if the ghost is haunting someone because that someone did something bad or the ghost is haunting someone because they're an evil spirit and they 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 fix the problem, right? So who are they going to call? The Ghostbusters. Right. <laughs> um, so start of the game, you play as Antea for the first like chapter, the like t- uh, prologue, I guess. Um, and then shortly thereafter, you're introduced to the big bad monster, the spirit thing um, of New Eden Town, which, spoilers, not spoiler, it's actually the setup of the game, kills Antea. But when Red wakes up, uh, Antea's ghost is lingering on him. So now you've got a story where you've got a banisher, a couple uh, banishers, who for all their lives have known that what ghosts are not meant to linger. Ghosts are meant to, meant to move on. And yet they have to work together because they're trying to get back to New Eden Town to get to her body so they can either, and this is, they set up the big game choice early, um, either you want to resurrect attempt to resurrect entire which would be them like sort of really turning a, a turning against everything they've stood for everything they've done their whole lives they know that's bad and should not actually be done or um giving entire her assent um and assent is like a, a peaceful ban- if banishment's like a forceful way to get rid of a ghost assent is like telling someone you're no longer needed here you should probably just move on and like a ghost like leaves nicely sort of thing um that's like the setup and what I think, like, as much as I enjoyed the setup and everything, what I quickly, or not quickly, I'd say that the game is like a slow burn for the first, like, six or so hours. But what I really got into as the game moved along is that these two characters um, and the world, which is built around, because at the start, I'm like, oh, okay, you got the big bad ghost, like, whatever, probably there'll be probably be some twist and secret or whatever. But there's not really a twist or secret. It's just like a malignant spirit that you soon discover has gathered because of a bunch of smaller misdeeds that have grown and grown amongst other people and the, these other haunting cases, which is one of the main reasons I really wanted to do all the side content because there's even one of the, the optional hauntings is a case in which it's another person who has a ghost lingering with them and they're, it's their lover. So you have a, t- uh, a moment where when, when the case started and I uh, realized, I'm like, well, how the fuck's this going to go? You're going to have, I'm going to have Red walk up with Antea and go, hey, ghost, you should move on. And they're probably going to turn around and be like, well, maybe you should tell your fucking ghost to move on. Like, why are you like trying to tell us what to do when you got, which is sort of how that scene plays out but without the, the swear words and everything. Um, but it makes really good content because you have these two characters like introspect around what they're doing and the choices they're making and um, what they want to do. Um, but I, I think one of the, 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 I guess one of the downsides to the game and the, the like Dote Nod's games always have this thing around like choices and stuff like that. And there are a lot of cho- choices in this game. Um, I don't, I didn't fully understand how what I did led to the ending I got. I was happy with the ending I got. I looked up, there's three other different endings to the, to the, to the direction I got. Um, I assume it's based on 
Well, I know one of them's heavily based on, like, if you want to attempt to resurrect Antea um, at the end of the game, you have to basically kill as many humans as you can throughout the game, which I would find to be nearly impossible, and it would really rub against the, the character's... Well, I don't know. Maybe the characters react and start talking about it because they, they do talk after you've finished a haunting about like what they've done. Um, other characters in the world um, will either hate you. Maybe they raise their shop prices for you because you've, you like chose to uh, banish their ghost or, or something like this when you, when you did a side quest for them. But like to, to attempt to bring it back, you have to kill all these people. And a lot of the time, surprise, surprise, killing the human is not actually the right thing to do. It may be, it's mostly banishing a ghost or um giving a ghost an ascent there are a few cases where it's very obvious that the the human who's still alive is actually the one who's in the wrong here and the ghost is going to be unable to move on until um that person's dead and i did i in my playthrough probably killed like three i think off the top of my head i can think of people that i, I straight up killed the humans because i was like you you're actually evil um for the most part it was either a or banishing ghost though so i got a what i'd consider a good ending it was still a super sad ending i don't think any of the endings are not sad which is just sort of the the subject matter of a love story where one of the characters is a ghost like um there's no like really really happy ending even i watched what happens even if you bring entire back and even that wasn't particularly like the best thing ever um so that's all really good the characters are great side characters great town's really awesome whatever else now this one side and i've I've said this before when i've talked about it briefly with other people or when we've been streaming is i keep talking about the combat like it sort of ruins the game i don't think the combat ruins the game i think the combat's definitely a part that's holding this game from back from being like a 10 out of 10 you know what i mean like it's the uh, it, it is undoubtedly the weakest element of the game but with that said i still think the combat is fun enough like it's just not as up to caliber um it's not what their studios as experienced in it as much as i guess their uh, storytelling and their characters and their their world building and, and whatnot um but it's still pretty cool like you you, you basically have you take on a mixture of specters that are either like in ghost forms or specters wearing like um like zombified dog skin and stuff like that which like gives them a physical more physical form Depending on which enemy you're fighting, you can press triangle. I was playing PlayStation, of course. You can press triangle, uh, switch between either red or Antea. Antea does more damage to enemies who have got like a physical form, whereas red does more damage straight up to the to the ghost types. So it's like if you fight an enemy who's got like wearing a, a skin or a shell or an armor, what have you, um, as Antea, she destroys that. The ghost form drops out. Switch to switch to red. You now want to kill it with that. Um, some bo- boss fights, they'll switch forms. So obviously, you have to switch characters is then they've both got different sorts of finishing moves um and taya as the game progresses unlocks a bunch of spectral moves like a aoe effect uh a, like dash across the entire like battlefield straight to an enemy's face um like a slowing thing like a few like you by the time you reach the end of the game you can do like a whole bunch of different combos and um you can unlock different upgrades and stuff that like you can like chain together attacks and it becomes pretty cool i i, I think less so than the combat itself the the biggest thing is just the lack of enemy variety especially as you get into the latter half latter third of the game like even by the time you get like i feel like once you played the game for probably 10 hours you've probably seen every enemy type that there that that there will be maybe you'll start seeing some tougher versions of them but there's no like really no different enemy types introduced later into the game that really change things up um and I really thought there's a stage 
like halfway through the game where they introduce these things in the world, like these lanterns that block you from being able to turn into Antea. They're like um with these things that humans have built to like block. Uh, they think they're like blocking spirits, which apparently it does work because it blocks Antea. And as soon as I saw that come up in the world, I was like, oh, we're probably going to get into fights now where enemies have these things on them and you go like take them out first or else you can't switch to Antea. Nope, never happens. So like I was like thinking, I don't know, like ahead of where like the game design would go, but it never actually went in certain directions. So a little bit disappointing, but um, beautiful looking game. It's a double A game. Like Don't Nod's definitely not like indie indie. They're not triple A either. They sort of you do fit nicely into that. I think that double A spectrum. But this is a very, very beautiful game considering the... Um, the, the the size of the team and everything behind it uh, very very pretty great art design and everything like that so uh i played it on the 30 frames per second mode just to leave it on the better graphics because i was like eh, whatever like it's definitely more of a narrative cinematic game to me than it, it it is about like having a 60 frames per second combat mode and everything so um but yes i'll have a review i only finished this afternoon before recording so i'll do a review in a couple in a couple days hopefully but i'm i'm th- like i'm at i'm probably around like a nine like off the top of my head, like I really, really enjoyed it. I think this, this, the like I cannot over or I don't know. I don't want to overstate, but at the same time, I kind of do. If it helps get people more interested in the game, these two characters, like definitely, like I, I cannot think of a more like just straight up mature romance like couple I've had because that and it's that thing of like it's a game where you constantly have a companion with you doing like those you know quirk you know how those games where people do it shit where you'll have like psychic who makes like one-liners and jokes and it's sort of annoying and whatever else stuff like this but the, the two will have like really backwards and forwards and um like sweet moments and stuff but it's all um yeah it's just probably one of the most mature i think romances i've seen in any sort of video game so yeah would highly suggest checking it out i don't think it's free anyway sorry you'd have to actually buy it. it's on game pass i don't think so <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so. Um, anyone want to add that to the list of things to check out? If I sold yeah, it? it'll be on my list for some point this year. Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know if it's released at the best time. No, probably not. Well, that's the thing. When I look at it, I'm like, I'm going to be picking a Final Fantasy in like two weeks' time. Yeah. Like even Helldivers, like I'm looking at probably grabbing Helldivers this week, but that's different because I'm like, Helldivers is just, Drop in and play and hang out with friends. And Is it? Because I went stuff. to play the tutorial this afternoon and discovered you can't even do that because of the servers are kind of Yeah, <laughs> server. There have been server problems apparently mm-hmm. with it, especially this yep. weekend. I hadn't heard about it before this weekend. No, I think it's this weekend the capacity keeps hitting. No, um, capacity. double XP weekend. Yeah, that didn't help for that probably. <laughs> and because they've had issues, they'll probably have another double weekend next weekend. Uh, I mean, it's, not, it's, not, it's good. Like obviously, it's it's a, it's a nice problem. problem to have, I guess that. So many people are trying to play a game at the same time that you're know, having trouble letting them. Um, but it's not ideal. Alright, let's get into the news. Let's start with the big Xbox thing that happened, of course, during a week. So, Xbox, after the leaks, everything we've talked about for the last week and two weeks whatever it's been time's flying uh on the official xbox podcast you had phil spencer sarah bond matt booty um talking about the future of xbox and what that means or lack of talking about these things i guess depends Mm -hmm. on what you want to say 
uh, as press start right here, Spencer wouldn't, uh, the team came straight in with the big topic, exclusivity. Phil Spencer introduced the segment by expressing that the fundamental Xbox strategy for Xbox game business going forward isn't changing, but that four games have been decided on to be brought across to new platforms. Spencer wouldn't name the titles or confirm which platforms would be targeting, but did confirm that they are not Starfield or Indiana Jones in the Great Circle. The four titles in this endeavor were apparently selected in the name of, quote-unquote, the long-term health of Xbox, with games that are over a year old and or community-driven and have reached the limits of their current, their cut-through uh, on the current ecosystem of devices. Two of these are, quote-unquote, community-driven games, and two are smaller titles with Spencer implying that these games weren't necessarily designed for Xbox exclusivity from the beginning. It's pretty clear what the four games are, though. Yeah. yeah. Hi-Fi Rush, Pantomimus, Sea of Thieves, Halo Infinite. Yo, let's just get rid of that last one there, champ. Let's just... You know, uh, smaller titles that have reached their pinnacle on let's, their current platform. Let's let's just chuck in Grounded there, hey? Let's let's have Grounded. Oh, that, that. Yep. that's probably makes more sense, I guess. Yep. I feel like that yep. hasn't reached its potential on Xbox yet, so... <laughs> Maybe it's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's probably the, uh, the, the um, Ninja Theory game. Oh, no. God, no. God, no. Roller skate one? Coming to PS Plus. No, the fucking melee fucking champion hero shooter or whatever it was. Did, um, when did we all tune into this? Uh, I came in like five minutes into it. Yeah. Ash? I watched it much later. Yeah, much later. I I had one. I saw the reactions to it. I'm like, do I really need to watch this? I feel like for this podcast, I probably do need to watch this video. So, uh, clarify, I didn't watch it. I like I just listen to the podcast. To it. I, I put it on based on your reaction. You had it like <laughs> at three, four speed. How? Well, you had your tweet up by the, the it released at what five o'clock your no seven o'clock no, your time. You you tweeted yeah. out ten past seven. No. No, because he didn't. No, no, he didn't. I, I tweeted out when I parked at work after it finished. Yeah, no, because yeah. he didn't. You didn't listen to it till you on your lunch break, right? Because you messaged about it. No, no, like I, I, I listened on my way to work, and then I tweeted uh, okay. when I parked my car at work. That was my that was my reactionary tweet of that was a bunch of bullshit or whatever. Um, <laughs> it was yeah. you finished. <laughs> it was. I mean, that's if you get my thoughts out of the way. I think it was half an hour. Point, a pointless 28 minutes. Wasn't even minute, half an hour. Minute. Yeah, not even Wasn't half it 20 hour. 20 something minutes? Like 20, it was... Yeah, it was like 28, 27. 20 barely even a podcast. Barely even a podcast. It was like an episode of us talking about the Deadpool trailer. Like it was the same length, basically. <laughs> um, it was pointless. I think they didn't answer anything. Uh, the, the stuff people wanted to mo- know the most were the games uh, and, what, and what they are. But, to be fair, they did give a valid reason as to why they didn't say what the games were still like i think think and that i think the other key thing is they ruled out two big releases i think the information they gave was good i just think in its execution was shit like i think the way they produced the podcast and the way it came off was real bad i think all the information in the podcast was exactly what needed to be said by xbox and by Mm. the company I think it was a bunch of P- it was a it was a bunch of PR mumbo jumbo. But what, what, what? Yeah, yeah. But isn't that that's exactly what they had to do? That, well, they had to do it. That they didn't necessarily need to do it in this form. 
No, exactly, right? Like, if they... I actually think it would have been better if they, they had either done it, like, it. press conference style where they have a bunch of media person people asking the questions or if they did it in a more, maybe a more, uh, a less corporate environment. They should have just tweeted it relaxed. Out. Or just tweeted out pretty much, yes, a graphic explaining. You would have saved time and money. Is Did the information... Should we have had to wait a week to get the information that was in this podcast? No. Um, but do you think this information in this podcast is what they had planned all along? Y- yes. No. This oh, no, no, no. Planned is in like, so, so, no, sorry. So I don't think they ever were going to talk about it in this way because honestly, I don't think they had to. They, they, they didn't have to until these articles started coming out and started overblowing what the actual thing was, right? Like, if instead, because this is, you know, I guess what my belief is, if instead there was a Nintendo Direct or something and they have a cool, um, like a, a launch trailer for Hi-Fi Rush Nintendo Switch, yeah. and they do it 12 months Rush later. Kids. Yeah. Yeah, they do it 12 months later, like they did it for Xbox, and they go, Hi-Fi Rush for Nintendo Switch, out now. And then they go off of that and they build off that. And then they could talk about that more positively. They were just, Microsoft was so far behind the eight ball because of how over the top the internet and community outrage got about what, like there was not like half the stuff that people were getting like kind of worked up about and pissed off about was never even, it doesn't seem to have been, I won't say never, but like it doesn't seem to have been that wasn't what Microsoft has intended or wasn't even a thought for Microsoft in the current period. Sure, it was probably suggested at some point. It's probably been talked about. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that wasn't what their plan was. At, the, at this point in time, that isn't their plan. I mean, do you, do you think that it literally just stays as these four games? I think these four games are the starting point. I don't think it stays, but I don't think we'll... I look, I'll be very surprised that, as I said, when the articles were coming out, I'd be very surprised if Starfield turns up on other consoles. I'd be very surprised if Halo turns up on other consoles or if Gears of War turns up on any of the consoles. But these maybe B-tier games that are not... not I don't want to say B-tier because it sounds like they're not as good, but like they are... The, maybe the more fringe games from Microsoft that, as Phil Spencer tried to suggest, that like that have reached their peak. Sure, Halo Infinite, I actually wouldn't mind being on. I think that kind of thing's a good idea, right? Something that is cross-platform and is a multiplayer, is a live service game, you want to go out to the most possible people, and I think that makes sense. What I don't think it will it should ever make sense is like a single player experience that is one of their exclusives, like their top tier exclusives, being pushed out to other places. That's a bad idea. And at this point in time, I don't think I. Sorry to say, I alluded to it being on the table last week in my kind of what I thought was going to happen. I now don't think the Elder Scrolls is on the table at the moment to be on all the platforms. At this point in time. I don't. Th- I th- I think Xbox keeps Elder Scrolls to themselves. I reckon it was on the table, and then they saw the action, and they're like, we can't. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon I think- there is a massive changing of the story, uh, heel turn that happened. 
<laughs> at Xbox with the action of this news breaking, you know. Um, but yeah, I think obviously, you know, it was fine. It was kind of like bland messaging. They tried to buzz up their announcement with uh, Diablo 4 coming out on Game Pass at the end of March. Sure. Uh, it was weird that Phil Spencer's like, I reckon all games should be non-exclusive. Helldivers think- would be great if it was on Xbox. That's a bit of a weird thing to say when you're like, we're going to only release these four games on on other consoles. I, I think it depends on how... You're either all in or you're games. all out. But the thing is, no, 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 because I don't like... The only thing that I thought sat really weird with me in the podcast and I really didn't like was going from talking about, oh, some studios are doing tough right now. There's been... um. Uh, layoffs, blah 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 blah, and in the very next segment, they're telling it, t- speaking about how Game Pass has unprecedented numbers of subscribers, and Game Pass is doing the best it's ever done. It's like you can't, you can't say that you feel bad or you're acknowledging that layoffs are happening and that it's bad and saying things are bad at the minute, while in the same fucking breath, almost bragging or saying how good things are in that terms of monetary value for from Game Pass. You just you can't do that, and that was the bit that disappointed it's, me. It's the one most. of those. It's a weird segment because Phil goes on this whole thing about um about the game industry and innovation and like moving forward and how like how to make the industry successful. And a lot of what he's saying is true and rides true. However, he's working at Microsoft, <laughs> hmm. so it like rings very hollow because obviously, yeah, they have just laid off a bunch of people because they brought a bunch of companies and had a bunch of duplicate jobs they didn't need so just fired all those people you know and then as you're saying they literally then just go but we're making a lot of money so it's like what are you talking about yeah (laughs) you can't you can't in the same breath talk about how great something's been and how wonderful things are and for monetary wise but then also yeah be like oh it's just the environment we're in that these people are being laid off that shit and I think it is very corporate. And I think, you know, people complaining about, oh, why didn't they just announce what the games were? Why are they alluding to? It's like, well, because there's no they probably, Switch this week. And then they probably had a bunch of agreements as to when things were being announced. And they can't go and talk about it. Like, I, I do. I did say this last week is that there is a shit thing where it's like, in general nowadays, and yes, it's, you know, with leaks, that leaks are happening from inside the studios themselves. But people literally cannot announce things or communicate things themselves anymore. I think most companies are always just going to be on the back foot with communication because they're going to be leaked and the information. And I feel, and this is talking from somebody who, you know, is studying to be in brand management and marketing. I feel real sorry for the marketing teams and for the people that are putting in effort to make sure the messages are being communicated in the best possible way for these you know systems and for these communities and they're working really fucking hard on it and it's just being pulled out from under them from somebody saying something to a news outlet and then it just going like wildfire and then everybody has this you know do you think this outrage would have happened in the same way it did if microsoft were given the chance to present it how they initially intended to present it yes I do you do you really like? Do you think? I think if, that the I think this I think the story is still would have also like spiraled out yeah. of 
uh, more exclusives in the future. I think the hardcore Xbox ones, the YouTubers that were like adding most of the flames to this, they want everything on Xbox to stay exclusive forever. That's ever been because it's like a it's like a sports team. Like they're losing a player, you know. Like a... yes, but then but then it's the same time if a sports team. If they had already come out and said these are the four games that we're doing, yeah, they're shitty um, players, but they still want them to stay. But the thing is, if they're <laughs> shit play- no, as a sports fan, if they're shit players, you don't mind them being released. You know, you don't mind them going out and getting experience elsewhere because you're like, sweet. You know, you have fucking shanked the ball for my team a thousand times. I look forward to you playing for the other team when we play against them. And getting us some karma back as you shank the ball for them and we get to No, because them, they'd be you know? super successful on the other team. That's what <laughs> Shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's it's Yeah, I, I think I do think that it, it wouldn't be as bad as it was. And it was pretty fucking bad. No, yeah. It wouldn't have been as bad as it was. It would have been still it bad. It still would have been bad. Like, of course, the exclusive talk and the, the talk about ownership of games still would have been bad. But the Every other day, a fucking art news article being like, Gears of War's going, Starfield's going, fucking Indiana Jones is going. And like, just talking about all, like, it kind of spiraled to like everything. And you're like, yeah. it, it, it just that, I don't think that would have happened in the same vein. Yeah. Maybe not that part. <laughs> Indiana Jones and whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I guess the interesting question is how successful do these releases need to be before they think, yeah, we should actually release. Uh, the thing is, I don't think. I think the most successful one for me would most likely be Sea of Thieves. I think Sea of Thieves and Hi Fi Rush would do really well. I don't think Grounded's going to do well. And I don't think. Um, Pentiment. Pentiment's going to do very well. I don't think any of them are like. Not, none of them are going to like break records or anything, you know. I think I there's think- a bit of good portion of time that PlayStation. There will be a pocket of PlayStation fans that would be excited to play Sea of Thieves. I think Sea of Thieves will do. Yeah, Sea of Thieves is going to be the best, especially if that's on Switch and PlayStation and it's cross-play between all three platforms. And if it's cross-progression, like if yeah. somebody could buy it on their PlayStation to play with their PlayStation friends, and they get to take all their Xbox stuff across with them, sweet. Yeah. That would do really well. I think Pentiment would do quite. I think Pentiment, well, not quite. Pentiment would do good on Switch. Um, that's a good uh, handheld game. Um, Hi-Fi Rush will probably do well on both platforms because it's like a that game's definitely got a lot more positive press post Game of Award Game Awards season. I think so. Like re-releases on other platforms will do really well for that. Um, Grounded, I'm sort of 50-50 on, to be honest. I feel like that's the sort of game where if a popular streamer plays it the day it comes to PlayStation and then suddenly a bunch of people buy it. You know what I mean? Like, it could just... Like, that's all it takes. The right sort of marketing for that to be successful, I think. But we shall see. But I, I definitely feel like they're both... They're four games to test the waters. And in a world where all four of these do whatever they've set their bar at to be successful, then you will see another fall but, pretty quickly. Do you also think that Xbox is just doing this and being like, you know what? Whatever sales we do get from this is just fucking bonus. 
it's just cream on top of the milk. This would agree. Like, I mean, just, it's hard because would have to go. I don't know how much, how hard or how much they have had to spend to port them to know roughly how much they would have to make. You know what I mean? Like, like how much none they... Of these games, I, I don't think any of these games are that intensive to think that they would struggle to run them on Switch or like there would need to be a lot of work done to make them Sea run of on Thieves Switch. on the Switch online. Like. I don't... You know what? I, my opinion on the Switch is probably a little bit better since Breath of the... Like, since Tears of the Kingdom because it's like... Yeah, but it's got Nintendo magic in it. Like Even got, if it's got fucking Nintendo Switch. magic in, you got to... Okay, if that game couldn't run that there has got to be you know a way of doing this we shall see though because uh yeah the rumor is there's a direct this week and Mm. that would potentially announce one and or more of these games could i throw a wild card out there for uh what one of the aims could be sure if you say halo i'll fucking rare replay i think would be a great one like, people would, bring, yeah, people would lose their shit if that was announced at the for Switch, obviously. Right, right, or right. the Ori games. The Ori games would, the Ori games are already on Switch. Are they? Both of them? Yep. Yep. Well what if they come to PlayStation? Yeah, they'll do well there. Yeah. What was the other one I saw on this list? Recall? <laughs> Recall. <laughs> yeah. Rome? Uh, Rise of Men? Whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think it was tell just me why. Rise, I think though. tell me why I never came to. No, that was Xbox. Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I could. That's not in the realm of going under Phil's rules of like not a exclusive, like designed to be exclusive game, but is exclusive. Yeah, that's very much could fit the banner. So we Sunset like Overdrive finally coming to PlayStation. Sunset Overdrive. I'd actually play the fuck out of that if it came to PlayStation. To be honest, I'll be all over it. Bring Quantum Break. <laughs> That's yeah. I was that was the other one I was looking on the list. Quantum Break. Now's the time. Remedy is the big back. one of the big companies in the world, world of gaming. Sell Now's it the back time to Remedy. Really Don't even put it on the yeah. platform. Just give them their game back. That's what I want. <laughs> all right, let's talk about um, stuff that Kieran just said we shouldn't talk about. Let's talk about some rumors. So. Press Start writes, although Nintendo's successor to the Switch console has widely been expected to hit shelves this year, new reports from multiple outlets and citing multiple sources have claimed that the Switch 2, or whatever it'll eventually be called, has since slipped into early 2025 instead. The reports first began from Brazilian game journalist Pedro Henrique Luti Lippi, who said in a video that five separate sources informed him of an internal chart change to launch the next Nintendo console on Q1 2025, and that Nintendo is preparing games to target that same period. VGC then piled, piled onto those claims said that numerous sources have told it the console was originally targeting a 2024 launch, but that Nintendo has since briefed third-party gaming companies on an eternal delay for the first quarter of 2025. Um, a publishing source, quote-unquote, repeatedly told the outlet that the delay was in order to prepare a stronger lineup of first-party software for the console. And further adding to the list, Eurogamer has also jumped to the corroborate the story, saying, quote, the console's launch moving into early next year, but still within its coming financial year, is designed to ensure Switch's two's, Switch 2's launch lineup features as many titles as possible, end quote. 
Nintendo's upcoming fiscal year runs from all, uh, April 2024 through to March 2025. So if these uh, new whispers hold any validity, we may very well see a direct repeat of the original Switch's arrival, which was announced in late 2016 and then launched in March 2017. Since you love talking about information getting leaked and people not getting to announce stuff the right way, Karen, how do you feel? What do you reckon? Uh, yay or nay to all this? Truth or no, or lies? Uh, the thing is, right, I think I'm, I'd lean towards yay. I think, sadly, a lot of times these days, we are seeing more and more stuff having truth in it. But I think it's always, there's truth at its core, but it's not all true. I think we, we'll see as it comes to light, you'll be like, oh, okay, that's where this leak came from. Like we just have with Xbox. Oh. This is the heart of it. This is the overblown fat that's been just added onto it in the end. Ash? No, I mean, no. I don't think there's any rush on Nintendo's part to get the next console out. So them potentially just waiting until they've got a war chest of release titles, you know, <laughs> makes sense, you know? What do you reckon? Not you reckon? that they need to have a war chest of release titles. You know, because any console they release is probably going to do gangbusters to start off with, especially with their uh, release uh, strategy, which in the past has been to uh, slowly eke out, uh, you know, consoles, you know, where it's a case of it's sold out everywhere for months on end, you know, so... Unless they're, they're going against their strategy, they're like, let's just make a, let's just save time and make 100 million consoles to start off with, and we'll just sell them all at the start. I mean, I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty ready for a Switch 2, is where I'm at. <laughs> you know? Like, I feel like that yeah. console's been around for a million years. That's because I has. think, I do think it's time that the Switch yeah. comes out. With I mean, like you said, it came out in 2017, so. It came out the year we were at RTX. Yeah. Because everyone was playing it at RTX. I did. Yeah, it was Kojima, the first official do- demo anywhere in the world, I believe. Yeah. Hideo Kojima was playing 1-2-Switch. Yeah. 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 That inspired their stranding. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Who's to say it didn't? Look, I just... just I've said it again. I'll say it every other time. Nintendo, just have some... Have some you know, just be up to date. Just have some new shit in it. SSDs. Go nuts with SSDs. Put two in it if you want. Go fucking crazy. Whoa. Whoa. You know? Like Maybe that's what it was. They heard you complaining, like shit, we need to pivot. <laughs> all I know, all I can all I can say as true as tr- true as it is that the grass is green, is that whatever Nintendo announces and is the Nintendo Switch 2, it's not gonna be anywhere near close to whatever shit Kieran wants. <laughs> like, <laughs> it doesn't even the thing is right, I am not even like raising the I don't want it to be anything near what a fucking Steam Deck is or a fucking Rogger. I don't want it to be near those. He just wants an I SSD just want in it. SSD there. in it. I just want internal memory that runs fast. You know? Well, you can put yeah. put a fast SSD card, you know? Sure that you have to go out and buy yourself. <laughs> yeah, but it'll have Link on it. <laughs> no, just just have some good Japan. Yeah. You're supposed to be the world yeah. of like technology and shit. Fucking yeah. So Metro Prime's not coming out until 2025, then, right? Yeah, probably true. So Most likely, they could have Metro Prime launch a Mario as a launch. 
Nah, yeah. it'll be Metro Prime. Metro Prime. A new Mario Kart. Mario Kart, not a new... Okay. No way they're going to remaster Deluxe again. No, because that's the thing. Mario Kart. They've been, like, the whole lifespan of the Switch hasn't had a new Mario Kart game. It's just had Deluxe with DLC packages. Then he's, like, like, with the launch of this one, it's been plenty of time. It's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Deluxe Edition. Ultimate yeah. Edition. So Bring like up Mario Smash Kart Brothers. 9. Just put a Mario Kart 9 on it. Put fucking... Uh, make there be like a new Tears of the Kingdom DLC that comes out at the same time that you can play on it. Um, like Metroid. Like I just think... Yeah. It, it. I don't think they have to have gangbusters. But, you know, release it so then um, Game Freak can actually make a decently running Pokemon game that is actually of a caliber of a fucking game that should be made in 2024, 2025. Like it, it's, it's like put it out there and it's really, it's really going to get to that stage when the next, whenever the next Pokemon direct is, if they start like teasing a Pokemon game and I'm going to be like, okay, if this isn't announced for November this year, when they usually like hit definitely launching alongside the, <laughs> the console. Because it's going to suck if they, like, release a Pokemon game that runs, like, ass later this year just to release a new Switch a couple months later. Yeah. Which maybe it runs a little bit better on, but obviously it wasn't designed around that, so. But once again, they don't have to make a Pokemon game that runs like ass because fucking Tears of a Kingdom exists. No. Just wait. We're going to get a Let's Go just game this year. a Pokemon game that's as good as Tears of the Kingdom. I would love a Let's Go game this year. If if that's the alternative. If they do a Let's Go game, I think they. I think that's... I think that's probably what the plan is, you know. I think do a Let's Save Go. Save doing your next big thing till they, you know. Yeah, be do down. like a, a Let's Go game setting gold and silver. Yeah. People yeah. have been like doing Boom. fan art for years, I think. Like, they want it to be, um, I think, Togepi and Meryl or some shit. Is the... I've seen Togepi and Clefairy or something Clefairy. like that. Why Clefairy? Yeah. I don't know. Clefairy sucks. <laughs> like Pikachu and even Togepi like, is not that great. What the fuck did you? Just what say? do you mean Togepi's not <laughs> that great? Did you just say? What you the know, fuck? Do you really want like? What the is it really is effective in battle? It's cute what to look at. You? What the, are you? Are do you, do you know that Togepi evolves into like this like fucking flying bird thing that's still like got its egg? So what you're saying, Togepi is only good when you evolve it. I'm not saying Togepi's no. a fucking baby and you're giving it shit, Look, right? I'm Leave the, the person, baby alone. This is, I'm the person. That's two evolutions. Even, even when shit. I was a kid, thought the coolest possible thing was to have like a level 100 Squirtle. Like not let it evolve and just have this fucking little Squirtle fucking destroy everything in its side. Because I thought that was hilarious. So Togepi, Togepi is yeah. the EV of the second generation. Togepi is it is because if it, overrated. If, if Togepi <laughs> is one of the options, I'm fucking grabbing that version of Let's Go, much like I grabbed the uh, the EV Let's Go. Overrated. And I'm gonna tell you, now that you've said that, I'm getting kind of excited. And we get a Let's Go this year. I like. I'm I like excited for that. I'm, I'm happy to break the news here well, on the okay, yeah, for, you know. for me, be happy. I've heard it from zero sources. <laughs> if they did Let's Go, but it was yeah, setting gold and silver. And there was three versions of it, one for each of the starters. I would be very, very happy with that. That would be better. That but would be so. That cool. would be. Or it's just one version where you can pick which one. No, 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 no. There's got to be like a let's go Totodile, let's be go Cyndaquil, let's go Bayleaf. Fuck yeah, do it. 100%. That would be the boldest thing Nintendo could do. Let's fuck doing two versions. Let's do three. 
But what's the big did, difference? They, they did do three back. Like they used to do two. They, they, they used to do three all the time. Yeah. Yeah, but there was the third one was like a. What is sorry? Sorry. <laughs> what, is, what is the major difference between like Scarlet and Violet? Um, the Pokemon. It, it's the it's the same game except school. for the fucking the Pokemon that you ride around on. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. There's yeah, that's also, a pretty big uh, deal. You know, th- these games have some Pokemon you can't catch, and, and you know, you're at a different school, right? Yeah, but you're not going to do that in fucking Let's Go, right? They did with the last Let's Go. There's oh, did still they? Like eight Pokemon that each game had to. Oh, that's they've done that. A, that Pokemon always does it because it's supposed to. Okay, that's fair. To but I just don't think I don't think like Nintendo does or Game Freak or whoever's running it do not have to do that much work to put three different versions out. It is no, that much more work. It's not that much work. I, I think it would be a little bit of backlash if they put out three versions. There would be backlash. People would still pay for it. Yeah. Why would? But like, why would there be backlash if it was because it's be like, uh, oh, you're money, money grabbing. grabbing? You're trying to get more. Yeah. You, the, the dude at the counter would be handing his money over to market EB Games, going, "These pieces of shit trying to get more money out of me. How much was it? Yeah, hundred, hundred sixty. But these are the same fucking go. idiots. The hundred eighty for all three games. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like the, these. The, the, this is going to be a hot spicy take Pokemon fans would let Game Freak and Nintendo take a little shit in their mouths and then say thank you and can I can we go again next year what the fuck like this what is, the this fuck? Is the thing, right? this we're is talking the about a children's game Kieran <laughs> oh don't even start that shit again <laughs> you know if we if we believe anything Pokemon, Pokemon- baby <laughs> Pokemon fans are fickle and they'll just go to whatever piece of crap looks kind of like Pokemon, you know? No, we no, we learned that isn't the case because the Pokemon fans were getting up in arms about fucking Power World and were like getting onto defense. Oh, mode. Talking, talking about the hardcore fans. I, I thought you were just talking in general. Also Casual in fans. General. Also in general. I don't think anybody... I think... They could release fucking six versions and Pokemon fans would still be fucking happy with it. They may gripe, but they'd still buy all six versions. You can't complain so, yeah. and then still do the same thing. You can't. <laughs> so, yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> Second half of this year is going to be uh, maybe a little bit thin to Nintendo. That's what we're kind of getting at. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Okay. But let's go. You know, let's, let's go. We're going to have ago. Princess Peach with even more jobs. And uh, the the pa- Paper Mario she finally again. got a job. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, yeah. Finally, she got she. You know, do you think they released DLC? Finally, for, a royal uh, doing some real work. Yeah, am I that's right? right? Do you reckon they do like DLC content for Wonder? Um, they don't usually. Well, I, well, they usually. I can't imagine doing DLC. I can't for, imagine doing. It'd just be a whole bunch of new worlds, right? Like it would just. Yeah, yeah. you just save like, that for next. But game. it breaks the like design. There's a yeah, there's a design between the the, the world and. Like, but what if you just made unless you do it like the Bowser thing? Incorporates in it. Yeah, they could do the Bowser thing. I guess. Where it's a completely separate piece. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. All right, moving on. Dice Award shows the celebration developers and fans deserve rights to verge. I just want to read about this and just say yeah, I totally agree with everything this says. Uh the Baldur's Gate three. Sorry, the Baldur's Gate. Three, oh, yeah, sorry, I read that wrong. The Baldur's Gate 3 developers won Game of the Year again during the 27th Annual Dice Awards. But in stark contrast to the 2023 Game Awards win, this time they actually got to speak. Quote, we don't have shareholders, but we also don't think about them, said Larian Studios head of production David Walgrave. Continuing, building a community, building a player base, building games that are actually fun is going to make you the most money. 
end quote. His words were a direct shot at Embracer Group CEO Lars Wingofers, who said during a recent earnings report that the company's, quote, overruling principle is always to maximize shareholder value in any given situation, end quote. Uh, the 2023 Game Awards boasts millions of viewers and it's frequently one of the most watched gaming shows of the year, but one of the largest, most visible platforms in the industry, Glaren Studio CEO Sven Vinke didn't have the chance to say much before a teleprompter encouraged him to wrap it up. On stage at the DICE Awards, uh, DICE event, his colleague's acceptance speech lasted for several minutes, allowing multiple members of the Baldsgate 3 team time to acknowledge the abysmal state of the industry while offering developers hope. Quote, many, many people were let go at the start of this year. I want you all to know that you are talented and that you matter and are the future of the industry. End quote. The DICE Awards, short for Design, Innovate, Communicate, Entertain, are put on by the Academy of Interactive Arts and Scientists. Basically, the video games industry is equivalent to the motion picture television recording industry acad- academics, making the event the video game version of the Oscars. However, DICE Awards don't get the same level of attention as their entertainment counterparts or even the Game Awards, lacking an equal level of production value and visibility. After all, it's an industry event attended by industry people for industry people, but it's a better show by far. Uh, because you'll, uh, yeah, so then there's a bunch of tweets from people saying things. So I watched it. I think it's f- fucking fantastic. I have, I, not that I didn't already know this, but I was, as I was watching it this year, I just went, why do I trick myself every year into thinking the game awards get better when I've got this here and this is literally like, this is like, I'm watching the Dice Awards going, this is just what I want. Like when I talk about a game awards show, I, it's, it, this is it. Like, I don't know why I keep trying to, make Jeff's show in my head, like try and trick myself into thinking it'll Because be Jeff's one is the community standard for what an award show is. Or the most popular which is one. Which no, is, it's the one with all the trailers, so that's what the people see. Yeah. But it's not even it, it's it's if Jeff's like if that event was no longer called the like the game awards and was just like a a trailies. Not even trailies, but like something that's like, okay. Winter Games Fest. Yeah, Winter Games Fest, right? hundred percent. Yes, exactly what it should be. That would fix all the problems and it'd be sweet. Yeah. Because he he has the audacity to present awards and not actually present. Because Jeff themselves the man wants to be like, I don't know. I, I, my, no. I don't want to talk bad about the man because I don't even know him, but like it just seems to be the, the fuck him in the horse he rode in. <laughs> no, I don't know, but that is, that is how I feel about it where it's like, it's very obvious. Jeff wants it to be the, the award show for gaming. And that's what it was at the beginning. And then money took hold. And ads but the thing is in. in his head, he doesn't, in his mind, that objective doesn't seem to have changed. He's just been like, oh, to make this successful, we need to make money out of it and it needs to prosper that way. Mm. Because Jeff wants it to get bigger and 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 bigger. And bigger, and bigger, and bigger. I think at the end, these, the last two paragraphs of this article really sums it up quite well, I think. They write, uh, who wrote this? Ash Parish. Ash Paris, there you go, thank you. They uh, writes, the reason why the Game Awards take up so much attention is because it's a showcase of games, trailers, and movie stars. It's a giant ad. And because it's an ad, beholden to sponsors, during the rare moments where it does have a statement to make, it makes them as a vague and inoffensive as possible. 
We watch the Oscars and the Grammys because over time, our culture has come to hold the people making the movies and the music in the same esteem as the product. But game developers, outside Hideo Kojima, don't yet and will likely never have that level of esteem. So we pay more attention to the product, not the people. That's the sad, sad truth, I think. Yeah. Accurate. Very, very accurate, I thought. Um, Nonetheless, I would highly suggest everyone, if you do want to check out what a good uh, award show for video games can be, highly suggest checking out the DICE award show. it's very well done, very well put together. I mean, it's nothing fancy and crazy. It's just yeah. I think it it was. I watched the show. It was very good. It just needs several layers of polish. Yeah, it doesn't like, have the money. That's the thing. Like it's just- yeah, just like a lot of the transitions, um, and like when people walk up to stage, it'd be good if it was like music from the game instead of a clip from the game. Uh, especially when the dialogue kicks in right as they're about to speak. Yeah, it needs a little bit more stuff like value, that. Yeah, just, production yeah. value, the the nominee thing, card things just need to be a little bit more seamless rather than like hard cuts from the game to the the music for the the nominee thing. Like that video is not great. Uh, the pacing was a little bit like rushed at times, um, and just you know, I love. Greg, Stella, and Mark Drucker, but some of the jokes did def- definitely didn't hit in the monologue. They, they're there from, were some stinks. They're from some wild ones. Greg throws a couple out there. We can tell the crowd's like. Also, they need dude. to mic the crowd. <laughs> they need to mic the crowd better, like because obviously there were a few jokes there that were getting a reaction, and you could tell because they were like not laughs. upset with how the yeah. they were received, but you couldn't hear the laughs. Some of them you could definitely hear the laughs, like the joke about the brace group being shit. Yeah. Which broke through. Um, but yeah, I, I think probably one of the highlights is uh, Koji Kondo being inducted. Um, and they had a whole segment uh, like with Brian Taylor talking about his experience working with him and like a full like retrospective of his career, which was, you know, informative. It's like, I mean, to put it bluntly, like if you, and this is say like if, you, if you're like, I play video games, I don't really care about the people that make them. That's fine, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to get into the, if you want to treat the video game industry the same as a movie and music industry, then this is currently as close to that sort of award show as we've yeah. got. And even though I agree with everything you just said about the production value, this is still that show. Like, yes. You know, so, okay. um, so Netflix come in and just like inf- put a bunch of money into it, you know? Yeah. I, I, if, they, if someone comes in and gives the show a bunch of money, I hope they don't take away. Because um, at the moment, Greg's up there dropping f bombs like a motherfucker. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Doing jokes, yeah. Accepting Street Fighters award, yeah. As if he met one himself, calling out Ed Boon, uh, saying he wants to fight him. I don't know, like what's. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, check it out. Only two hours long, you know. Jeff, you can give out all these awards and still have an hour for all your. Jokes. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> it's two hours long. They have like 15 seconds for each game when they go through every single nominee, probably give them like 10, 15 seconds of gameplay. It felt like everyone gets like at least a minute or two to speak if they want. No one gets cut off. I mean, some people just go up and say, thank you, mom. Thank you, dad. And they're like, disappear. That's fine. That's their their choice, obviously. But um, they do some bits in between with the hosts and everything, but it still didn't feel like it was super long. Um, you get to see some people hand out awards that you like. Shu hands out, what, two, three awards, I think? Yeah. Shu hands out the Best Indie Award and gets to do a whole thing about how saying indies are the 
the you know the cornerstone of the industry and all that sort of stuff. So I I, I yeah I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Um, final. Also, uh, you yep. need to watch it because then apparently you're allowed to complain about the game awards being bad if you watch the dice awards. No, I I totally agree with Greg's tweet. Like you cannot. You cannot complain. You can complain about the the trailer side of the game awards, I think. But if like it's like if I if I didn't watch this and got to the end of the year and said this isn't a shit award show, I wish they made a better award show. But I weren't watching the better award show. Then it's sort of like, well, you, yeah. I, yeah I get- so watch this so you can p- complain about the award show segment of the game awards. Hmm. Alright, final thing. I played like an hour or two of every of Tomb Raider one, two, and three in the Tomb Raider collection today. Oh. Um. Man, these games don't hold up well at all, do they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, I got some, like, yeah, yeah. I think you have to, and this is the thing, this is the problem with, like, attempting to review these collections, I think, is how the fuck, like, do you have to put the nostalgia, you have to put the nostalgia goggles on and, like, really tightly to... to... I just think you have to, uh, at some point in your review... Even if it's at the start, be like, look, yes, the gameplay is outdated. The It is still a game at heart that was made in the late 90s, early 2000s. And I think that's just how you frame the discussion. It's I like, think it's like I was talking about this sort of stuff to Ash a couple of weeks ago, and I feel like this is the perfect time where I'm like, sort of you review the effort that's put into the remaster, and then like, like you can sort of, like you know, separate yeah. that from the games. Like you're sort of just reviewing the. You can you can you talk know. about stuff like what you wish or what you thought could be do. They could have spent some time on while remastering it. Like what they could have done. Because I'm gonna tell you right now, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't be mad if they gave me an option to include uh, to add in some auto saves. Because <laughs> motherfucker, I keep forgetting to save. I, Lara falls falls off a cliff quite quite a lot in this clunky ass fucking game, and I. Ah! Oh shit! Reload ten minutes ago. Fuck off! Yeah. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. Let, let's be honest, right? Still happens in games made in 2023, as we discovered together on Friday. So, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've like, there's some. Look, I've played all these games before. I highly doubt I'm gonna bother finishing them here. Like, I don't. I have nostalgia for these games. Like to a degree, but not enough to want me, like, I'm definitely not going to sit here and enjoy playing these. Like, well, I'm not hating playing them, but I'm like, I can play these in short bursts. Other than that, I can, like, it's just, they're, they're too old, they're too clunky for me. My my memories for these, like, I, were was a couple years before I was allowed to play them, was watching my dad play them, right? So there's, the, I've got, like, attachment to them from, like, a watching them more than actually playing them, I feel. Yes. Uh, by the time I got around and was allowed to play them myself, I'd already seen my dad like play every level a million times over. Um, I feel like I was allowed to watch but not play for some reason. Um, um, okay, the important question. Can I load up Tomb Raider 2 and just go fuck around in Croft Manor for a bit? You can go fuck around in Croft Manor in every version of the game. Then, that all right, sold. I don't need the main game. I just need that. I need to be able to lock a butler in a freezer. Did that. Didn't get a trophy. I was disappointed. I really thought it would be a trophy. That's shit. Yeah, I know, right? That's that's a travesty. Yeah. I didn't even look. I just I took him straight to the freezer, froze him, was sitting there standing at the top right hand corner of the screen, waiting for whatever punny name was gonna pop up for the for what I assume would be a trophy. Nothing. I was like, okay, that's disappointing, but cool. Um so yeah, here's a here's what I'll say straight out. I have wasted so much time attempting the worst jumps 
and fighting camera angles in this game. And I've swi- switched switched it. You have uh, both a classic control scheme, so tank controls, like really fucking tank controls, basically. Um, obviously, no right analog stick to control the camera. Camera's all controlled itself because PS1 game. Um, I've put it on the, the newer uh, controls. So you got an analog stick. You can use the right analog stick to, to control the camera. Still sort of clunky-ish. Like, a, you wouldn't call it like a fully modern game, but definitely easier to control than the tank controls. That said, the amount of times I, I wasted like 10, 15 minutes at, at a point where I was like, I, I don't think this jump's possible. But no, you had to like back Lara all the way back up to, against the wall, run, jump at the last second. And she doesn't jump when you press X. No, like you got to hold down X a fucking second before for her to jump. And you got to hold another button. Well, to yeah, because she's got to like, I remember like, she's got to like, you know, it's as if she's bending her legs to get ready to jump and then jumps. You know, it's fucking ridiculous. Um, the combat is boring and tedious. Um, which the is dinosaurs, man. I killed the T-Rex. That was a trophy. Um, that was still a very cool moment. Um, like, I was, even though I know I was going to be there, I'm wandering down there going, oh, T-Rex is going to pop out here soon. Music kicks in, T-Rex comes around the corner, health bar pops up with the T-Rex. I'm like, die, motherfucker. It's all right. If I just stand behind this wall, you should get clipped. And yep, no, you did. Cool. I'll just stand here and shoot you until you die. Cool. Thank you. Um, <laughs> like all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, the combat is literally, it's like using the modern setup controls um because she used to just like aim at shit herself obviously um in the original system this one you can hold l2 so she points her guns out and then um when she locks onto something you just hold down r2 and she just shoots but i mean that's 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 the combat in the game you know just shoot just yeah and then i, I jump into the third game no second game sorry second game fucking starts in um Start you with a bunch of Bengal tigers that you got to fight, which suck ass. They just come out of nowhere and kill you in like two hits. It's fucking bullshit. Um, and the amount of wild, weird locations. Like you go into the first game, right, and there's snow wolves. You're like, all right, that makes sense. I'm entering this catacomb. Snow wolves, cool. You continue up down a bit further. You get to like the second level inside of that that area, and then all of a sudden you go into this this area, and there's a bear there. And the bear's there, and it looks like he's like inside, like what looks like a petting sort of thing. I'm like, who's looking after this dude? Like, <laughs> like why is there a bear here? It doesn't make any sense. But, um, and then even other weird things you think about is like, um, like because the last one I was playing was the third one. It's like, yeah, okay, you're trapped. It's it's in the middle of buttfuck nowhere, in the middle of this rainforest. But yes, there is a switch that if you press, will open this gate. Over here. <laughs> it's like, who put this here? There's <laughs> all these weird ass things. So, um. Yeah, I, I think the the coolest thing they've done is the ability to switch backwards and forwards uh, uh, like within a millisecond of the old and their updated uh, graphics. Um, you just press options button on the PlayStation controller, just flicks back forward, back forward, back forward. Um, it looks pretty cool, like just to, like running backwards and forwards and just I was, I was pressing it on and off, on and off to seeing the, seeing the changes. Um, the main menu, uh, you can press down on the D-pad to rotate between all three games and they like cover main menus and even on the main menus you can press options to switch the the cover art to original to like the updated one and stuff like that um that's kind of cool i still would have think i would have preferred and i much prefer in these re-releases and remasters where they just add they just go ham and add a bunch of like debug features because i'm like fuck it just add them like i i like you know safe states anywhere I love that rewind feature in a lot of the remasters uh, and or re-releases of games they do these days where you can um 
you literally just it's like oh you died and you just like rewind the game all the ps1 games they put on ps5 let you do that where you just rewind it like that's cool because it's like who fucking cares like there's there's a really old game like who fucking cares just and if you want to play it like the old game you just never rewind you just never rewind it so like yeah but like for me that would be really cool because the amount of times i would forget to save as i was saying and then i'm like i'll just re-fucking rewind (sighs) anyway i'll have something up about that but yeah i'm I'm gonna play a little bit more of both just getting the is red but i i would say like it's a good no i'd say it's a pretty like it's above good remaster from like a visual point of view and visually it is really really good like when you flick between like the 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 way it looks in the updated remastered graphic setting it doesn't look like a, a modern modern game but in comparison, it's insane the amount of stuff they've updated. Like they've added, uh, you know, full HD. Like the, the grass in like an area where it just looks like it's a an image. Like there's no texture to it or anything like that. And then suddenly it's like actual grass. Um, the lighting is the thing that's getting me the most. Like you'll you'll flick to the old one, and because they never knew how to do lighting or couldn't do lighting in PS One games, it'll just be like bright as fuck wherever you are even though you're in the middle of this underground tomb and really there's only like a window over there it doesn't make any sense and then you flick to to this and they've updated the lighting so it's a lot darker but realistically darker like it should actually be darker in these areas and stuff so um yeah i'll have something up about that eventually as well all right that'll do it for this week's episode of arcade couch thank you for listening to the show if you've been playing anything you want to tell us about it or want to have any comments about what stuff we've talked about this week you can do that you can go tweet at us or z to this explosion.com slash twitter takes you to our x page you can join our discord explosion.com slash discord go talk about um how shit madam web was over there i guess um like michael dick uh and if you liked uh, the show and want to explore the website explosionnetwork.com slash support takes you to our Kofi page. You can donate as little as a dollar over there. Helps out every dollar indeed. And until next week, same time, same couch. Goodbye. <laughs>